Hello, everybody. We're back again. I'm here. I'm joined by illustrious John McGuire. Say hi. I'm here in Carney. And uh, in Carney, incarnate. In Carney, not incarnate. And uh, we are back. Yeah, this week, uh, not, no issues with sicknesses. Uh, I had a my water cooler directly above my podcast studio uh, decided to spring a leak and poured right onto our podcast studio. Uh, no damage appears to have happened. However, uh, the the chair of the great John McGuire, the throne, it smells like wet dog right now. It just uh, we have possibly 50, 60 year old furniture down here, and um, while I just um, upholstered them so you can have a your cushion in your tushion. Uh, I, however, they, you know, they still smell when they're old and, and then something smelled terrible and, and that's what was happening. There was water pouring everywhere about, uh, about five gallons worth. That was lovely. Uh, luckily no other damage to the headhunters lounge. The, uh, screen for the TV looks nice. Everything else is good. You know, it is what it is. It's another week, another adventure in the life of George and John. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. It's funny because I remember the last time you were here, I was like, oh, here's, here's, here's Gay's Christmas gift. You're like, no, man. You got to give it to him yourself. And I was like, all right, man. And then like, it's been weeks. To be fair, when you give it to him, he'll be psyched because it'll be I like know. a bonus present many weeks later. I know. It's just it's just funny because every time I look at it, I was like, oh, man, well, it's like this was the moment where I was like, I'm never I'm not going to see anyone for weeks now. So when water fell into my, when I saw the water, the immediate thing I did was start freaking out because that's what you do when you see water pouring into your basement. You don't know from where because the water cooler wasn't like, there was no water anywhere else. It was going straight into my basement. I have a hundred year old house. So like the water just was going straight between the slots. Pouring and down. I assumed it was, uh, usually when we have some drippage down here, it's the cat's. Uh, the one of them likes to swim in her uh, her her kitty uh, water and and it splashes out, which is why I put my kid cat water thing is in like a giant fucking container on top of a container with a mat underneath because that goes straight into the basement. Uh, I thought it was that, but it was like nonstop pouring. So I thought a pipe had blown, which scared the fuck out of me because, you know, you blow a pipe, that's a lot of money. And these are very old pipes in my house. Uh, so we uh, so we started uh, we started. <laughs> I have an old friend who just wrote me if I've ever seen Jawbreaker or Glassjaw, and I have a feeling she does not know the difference between the two. We'll get back to that later. Anyway, uh, it turned out it was just the water cooler, but when I saw the water pouring down here like it was like fucking Splash Mountain, I just started ripping wires out of the wall, like all the mics, everything, just wires were just getting tossed because I didn't want anything to get uh, fried, and and luckily nothing was fried, but when I came downstairs this morning, I was like, oh, I got to rebuild our entire podcast studio. And I'm not sure your chair is dry, so I'm going to go call this off for tonight and just move it downstairs. But there's so much good stuff that we watched this week, so much better than last week's episode, that I I, I I couldn't say no. So here we are. I just put the studio somewhat back together again. One mic in the roadcaster. I'm ready to go. What do we have in front? Why is everyone texting me about Jawbreaker? I have no well, interest right. in seeing so Jawbreaker. Real quick, so Jawbreaker is doing a 25th anniversary Dear You tour where they're just doing L.A., uh, Washington State, Chicago, and New York. And Chris Gethard is going to be the opener uh, as the comedian opener in New York, by the way. And so they're doing that in March and April. But they've just announced the dates. That's why everyone's like, oh, are you going to go see George uh, Jawbreaker, George and Hambone? Anyway. Um, are you going to see Jawbreaker? Yeah, probably not. I have no interest in Jawbreaker. Uh, I love Jawbreaker, but I've seen him a bunch of times. And like the idea of like going back to a concert now. Are you going gonna, gonna to talk shit about me before we even review the show that I'm going to go see later today? No, are you going to get thrown in my face? You're doing no, it right now. You're, not, you're getting not, it ready. You're all. setting it up. I mean, up. But we're going to get there. 
but I'm not going to throw it in your face. I'm just saying for me personally, the idea of going and standing for hours at a concert that's not Iron Maiden and not having seats is kind of like, oh, God. Because the only thing I want to stand for ever again is Iron Maiden. Yeah. But I digress. So, yeah, I'm not throwing shade at you. Just I, I've, I'm one of the few people out there who just like Jawbreaker does about as much for me as like early hot water music. I just am like, that is. Wow. Really, yeah, I've just it's like late 90s punk rock i never was really a big fan of like that style and it's a very much a style like it's very much a, a sign of like a, a certain time and i just did not you know at the time i was very much into like southern california punk rock and it's completely different from a jawbreaker i'm not saying talking shit if you like jawbreaker more power no to it's you. my shit uh i prefer jawbox actually i'm just kidding um they're actually opening for them on the west coast that's funny because like those were the two jaw bands that were both like signed to majors at the same time and they both bombed what's up gabe you can come on in here while uh uncle uncle john talks about what we're going to talk about this week so much ado about all that other stuff we're going to talk about peacemaker the james gunn show run and written john cena television show about a character who was in the suicide squad movie that james gunn did is on hbo max it dropped the first three episodes we got some thoughts on that out of nowhere uh, i just heard about this show called yellow jackets and i put it on and i was unable to put it down it's on showtime it is like currently chilling at 100 percent on rotten tomatoes with a lot more uh, reviews in that other movie that was 100% Rotten Tomatoes. So we got some thoughts on that. George went to his first concert indoors since yes, the pandemic started. Yes, I believe it was the first concert I went to at indoors. QXTs of all places. He went to the <laughs> Meteors and he's got thoughts on that. And finally, Eternals made it to Disney Plus months after it was released and we all watched it at home and we're going to chat about that a little bit. Before I get to that though, I actually do have a cocktail to share with everybody. And it's uh, timely and it's involved in the things that we're talking about. It's called a Yellow Jacket. Right over the plate, George. Oh. So this is two ounces of tequila, one ounce of St. Germain elderflower liqueur, uh, three quarters of an ounce of yellow chartreuse, a dash of orange bitters. And what you're going to do is you're going to dump all that in a shaker full of ice. You're going to shake that some of a bit. You're going to strain it into a rocks glass with a big old chunky piece of ice on top. And you're going to do a little lemon twist for garnish. Uh, this is actually going to be, a, I mean, like everyone who's been listening to the show knows, I, you know, I don't drink anymore. But I will tell you as a person who used to like getting banged up on St. Germain and tequila, this is a hot ticket. The Yellow Jacket. <laughs> hey, I'd have it. I'm, I look, the, I have a lot of thoughts of the Yellow Jackets. I, uh. I'm on my second viewing of it now after you told me to watch it on Sunday because that's how I roll with reviews. And um, and I have a lot of thoughts about that. But first off, uh, just so you know, if we're making some noise down here. I apologize. Gabe has joined us. And uh, I went and recreated Tatooine in my basement. Like, I don't know why. It was, you know, I told you I had that weird moment where I was like, I'm going to be a Lego person. And we created Mos Eisley Cantina. We created... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's home and there's like some Jawa caves and he's down here like, you know, celebrating. We are also almost done with the AT-AT and let me tell you, I may have made a mistake buying it because I don't know what to do with it. Like it is like the size of a small dog and or a large dog actually and it's uh, kind of terrifying right now. So that's where I am in my Lego uh, conquest. That was my uh, COVID holiday, uh, my COVID, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, COVID hobby that I decided to take on. And uh, it's a very expensive hobby, but Gabe loves it, so that works out very nicely. Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw a meme today, and it was pretty accurate. It was like uh, the eras of COVID. It was like Tiger King baking bread. Is that a cake? Like just every every like thing that people started doing because they were like 
all locked up because of COVID so far. And it, there has been like 12 eras of COVID so far. So going into year three. Lego, Lego is 100% one of them. The one, the amount of people I'm seeing right now, like building Legos, like, you know, 40 year olds building Legos with their kids or without their kids, which is perfectly fine, by the way, uh, is pretty hilarious. And I think that is actually the right move because get your brain off of things. It's really, really fun and challenging. Anyway, yeah. I, uh, I digress. Peacemaker is out on HBO now. Uh, look, there's a lot to unpack here in just the the buildup. Uh, you know, Suicide Squad, the first one, was one of the worst superhero movies ever made. Ever. Ever. Hands down. No argument. Horrible. Starring Will Smith and a whole bunch of other people. And uh, last year, they released uh, Suicide Squad 2, just aptly titled Suicide Squad. Uh, we're not going to guess why that happened, but whatever. That's what they did. They put it out. And largely because Will Smith wasn't in it and the first one was terrible, nobody went and watched it except for us. And I stand by that it is the best DC movie ever made, except maybe the second Christopher Reeves Superman. But you know what I mean? Like I modern era, there is no better movie than the uh, the Suicide Squad. And I... I love it, and and this is literally just following on from that. Uh, Peacemaker, obviously not dead because he has his own show. This takes, takes place right after the uh, the last movie, a little soon afterwards. He's got to heal up a little bit, but this takes place right afterwards, and it's exactly what you think it is. If you've seen Suicide Squad, the uh, second movie, you know that he is kind of like a man-child in a, the body of John Cena, uh, which is kind of like what John Cena's like on Instagram. Like if you've ever been on John Cena's Instagram account, it's mostly like fart jokes and like nineties throwback toy posts, right? Like that's oh, he's what, a shit poster for and, sure. And that, and I feel like if, if, if John Cena could be like raw and unhinged, that is the John Cena you would get. And that's what he is here. Except I don't think he'd be a bad guy, you know? Oh yeah, no. But I mean, this is kind of like Peacemaker's uh, redemption story in a lot of ways. And like, it's ridiculous. This is James Gunn, like not having to worry about the kind of jokes he can tell for when he works with a mouse. And it definitely shows like this is like him calling back in a lot of ways to stuff that he did with like Tromeo and Juliet and Slither and other things that he made before he got wrapped up like PG porn before he got wrapped up in like, you know, the world of the mouse. With the Guardians I, of the Galaxy. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing, though. I think there's flip no, sides. No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. Like, it's just... Like, I don't think I'd want this. This is Deadpool humor. Be very clear here. This is DC's Deadpool, even though I would have thought DC's Deadpool would have been Lobo, but Lobo never got anything in the, you know, the cinematic universe front. Regardless, I feel like this is kind of like what Deadpool is. This is the type of humor you'd see in Deadpool, the type of gore and blood you would see in Deadpool, and the kind of like wink, wink humor. I think this airs a little more towards the sexual jokes, which I could see John Cena being into too. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's definitely like very sexist. This show was like a super, super sexist humor in the show. And, you know, to your point about Lobo, I think that's a, a great point, George. And that being said, when I think about Lobo and I, I see everything that else has been done in the DC Cinematic Universe, I kind of think that we're better off without. Like, it, I think it's better to not have had to live through that adorable. Like a bad Lobo movie. Yeah. I, you're not wrong about that. It's almost like I was talking to my wife today about... um. The, the Dark Phoenix. like they, they ruined the Dark Phoenix not once, but twice. The only good canon cinematic version of the Dark Phoenix is the 90s cartoon. Yep. Like, it is so sad that, like, we're now got to wait another, like, two decades to get the Dark Phoenix done right because of, of just bad writing and no one's, you know, sitting up and saying, guys, why are we doing the greatest story ever told and screwing it up? So you're kind of right. It's just DC is just leads with disappointment. So that's why I thoroughly enjoy 
Peacemaker, um, you know, the I'll let you walk through what the story is because I kind of understand it, but not much. The story isn't really the story is really just the silliness of the Suicide Squad continued in one person. But let me let me I'm tagging you in. So he wakes up in the hospital after he's he was gravely injured at the end of Suicide Squad. And he's like, well, I guess I could go start my life and I don't have to go back to jail. But then he gets re-recruited to essentially join the Suicide Squad Task Force X. But he's not going to be working with a bunch of other supers. He's working with other people who kind of betrayed and Amanda, uh, Amanda Waller in the end of the other movie. And so it's him and a bunch of non-superpowered humans uh, trying to like solve like this greater global mystery that's going on, and he just has to go and be a hitman for these people essentially. And he's kind of having like a, a a crisis of conscience as he does it, but like it's definitely interesting to see like a, a bunch of characters that like were just kind of in the background of Suicide Squad. Now they are like the leads in this show, and they do a lot of fun stuff. And like because it is like. You know, Peacemaker is kind of like a weird off-brand Deadpool in a lot of ways <laughs> where, you know, it's it's a character that was like really deeply buried and they're not going to use in the main universe. So like James Gunn gets to include other characters that they would never find used for in the main universe. And that's the kind, I guess, the kind of fun thing that he brings to these shows and these movies is that like, well, you know, you weren't going to use Vigilante anyway. So we brought him in, although they did use Vigilante, but like a weird different version of him in the Berlanti verse on TV. But I digress. They're not going to use him in the movies. <laughs> uh, I I thoroughly love this. I, Peacemaker was one of my favorite parts of the original of the last the original movie, the last movie. Uh, I, I feel like branching him out was really good. I think um, I kind of want to see how he interacts with other people in the DC universe. Do you think they're going to? No, probably not. I mean, I don't know. Who knows anymore? Because, like, I never thought we would have gotten, like, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And here we and we got it. And, like, you know, depending on how Batman does, who knows if they're going back to that well. But I think, I, I don't know. Who your, knows? your track record for gambling on DC right now is pretty bad. So It's, it's terrible. I'm going to say, like, I'm the guy who you're, like, sitting next to the slot machine. Like, maybe we should go back to the room, Hambo. And I'm like, no, man, just one more quarter. And that's, I guess, the way I feel about DC movies. But here's what uh, here's what bothers me, and here's what worries me: every time DC does something right, they then fuck it up. So my concern is like, you know, they're gonna find a way to to massacre this too, or just try to, I don't know. We'll see how far it goes. Again, we're only reviewing the first three or four episodes because that's all as far as we've gotten so far. They're drop. They did drop three at one time, and they're dropping one a week. And I love that format. And, and I think that's the way to go. And and we'll see where it goes. It's just because they don't have a real cinematic universe, you're stuck with what the Suicide Squad universe. That's also maybe the Harley Quinn universe, like it's, the Birds that of is Prey, technically in the main universe, which is not the Zack Snyder verse, is it? It is. Oh Jesus! All right, so we won't even like play around with that. This, yeah, just if don't, you don't break don't, your brain. if you do not like DC Comics, you have no interest. You don't care about anything other than Christopher Nolan's like. Batman, watch this show. Watch Suicide Squad beforehand. I think you do. You don't need to watch it, but it really does. First of all, it was a really good movie. Second of all, I I think it just does. It lean. It, it it's better storytelling. You, you know, you follow through. Uh, he's got some great side characters. I love the fact that he has a pet eagle. I love the fact that his dad is the T one thousand. Give it up for the T one thousand people. Yeah, and I just love that John Cena does not give a shit and he will go for it. Like the comedy in this that he goes for, some of the physical comedy, the sight gags is 
fucking ridiculous. And he doesn't give a shit that he's like the 16 time world champ and that like he does all this other stuff because right now he is not willing to take that peacemaker outfit off. But he goes to do like TV programs. He goes dressed as peacemaker. He is loving it and it shows. And I think that's what's really fun about the series is that you've got a lead in the series who genuinely is excited and thinks it's the coolest thing in the world that he gets to be this character. So I think whether you like the DC stuff or not, or whether you like superhero stuff in general, if you, if you enjoyed the boys, you will love Peacemaker. Oh yes. That's a perfect comparison or the cartoon invincible too, right? Like invincible, exactly. Like those are, it's that type of, of, of humor, but also that type of superheroes. I, I mean, I would not put, obviously would not put Peacemaker up there with a, uh, with uh oh homelander like no he's definitely not something like that he's more of a i mean homelander is superman so homelander is literally like what? he's a he's a weird anti-hero that like you know he's definitely done some bad stuff he's definitely a bad guy Wait, who are we talking about peacemaker like, or homelander peacemaker peacemaker okay. he's, homelander. he's not like he's not like super powered he's like batman with guns but really bad at being batman with guns yeah i yeah that's not a bad way to say it i mean i that those helmets on peacemaker's heads too it's yeah. just the fact that we get some backstory on the helmets is fantastic yeah, just imagine like the Punisher, but like a goofball. Like if the Punisher could like not take himself too seriously and had a sense of humor, that's Peacemaker. Oh, I can't wait for Punisher to come back. Did you see the Moon Knight trailer? Oh, I saw the Moon Knight trailer. You know I did, bro. I, I know very little about Moon Knight. Moon Knight was not popular when I was into comics. Moon Knight was not a thing in the late eight, like you know, the eighties and early nineties until like the Marvel Knights thing came about. Uh but wait, Gabe, what's wrong? Did you break something? I can't open this. We're on a show right now. We're taping right now. You're just kind of to like figure it out or just not play with that one right now. We'll play with that one later. How's that sound, buddy? Okay. Yeah, he doesn't sound like he likes that idea, but I'm not getting up. I, even though I, you know, I, I, I am a good dad, but like once I'm locked in the headphones and the microphone, I can't actually get out of this part of the couch. Yeah, and now tough. this is where he starts breaking Legos. It gets very disturbing over here, but I will just ignore all this. Uh, Moon Knight uh, looks really good. It is yeah. really good. I'm, I'm very excited to see where this goes. I, I think it's very dark for Disney Plus. It looks very Sony almost. It does, and they're not shying away from the fact that he's got like a multiple personality disorder either. And I think that's good. I think that they're they're. I think especially after seeing the Eternals, which we'll talk about a little later, I th- I believe that they're open to a little bit more darker storytelling or a little bit more like honest about what these heroes are like. And you know, he's not going to be the candy coated like Hawkeye Christmas special. This is like a dark dude. Um, who is in way over his head. And the fact that they like in the trailer were like, we're not going to just make let you see him in the outfit for the whole thing. Like we're going to like show you he is a very flawed character and he's got multiple personalities. And one of them is a mercenary and the other guy is a thief. And the other guy is like, you see, I think you got this because you know, the comic book character. I did not get any of that from the trailer. No, not no. Like I just took as a man who's got a weird issue where he's living, sometimes living in the, he doesn't know whether he's awake or, or in reality or if he's sleeping and in dream, he's doing other things, but I didn't get that he was a different personality in different, uh, environments. I, I really took it as, uh, just a, a, a person with a, a weird, weird sense of narcolepsy. I'm excited to see this. I don't know what his powers are. I know what his outfit looks like. That's about it. Uh, very excited. Again, very, it felt like the Morbius um, trailer. It felt more like that. It felt more like Venom than it felt like a Disney Plus show. So I'm curious to see how this comes out. But I mean, that's good. And, and they need to do stuff like that because it can't be the same cookie cutter all they over. They haven't. Again. Not a single Disney Plus show for Marvel has been 
similar to the previous one. Not a single one. WandaVision to Loki to Captain Falcon or whatever his name is now to 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 uh, Hawkeye. All very, very different. I'm, I'm very... I love that. You're 100% right. I, and I think that's what separates the movies from the TV show because the movies can get a little formulaic, even though I would argue uh, they're not as formulaic as people make them out to be. I think those are, tend to be people who don't love Marvel. I don't know who you are, you horrible people out there. Uh-huh. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Moon Knight. I also uh, – well, so I got to tell you, you got to, like, give me a little more time to get into – like, if a TV show has been on for, like, eight weeks, you can't just throw yellow jackets at me at the last second because what happens is I spend eight hours of my life at night at 2 in the morning when I have work the next day watching a TV show. I know, but it's a really good TV show. So at least it's like I didn't throw you under the bus or something terrible. Uh, I threw you under the bus or something great. This uh, so we watched Yellow Jackets this week. It's the the last episode just aired, and it is a a absolutely bonkers. I think bonkers is a good use of the word bonkers right here. Uh, I use that very liberally here. I think it works. This is a uh, Lord of the Flies meets meets Lost meets uh, Cannibal Holocaust meets uh, um, shit. It's I, I, Lost. It's not Lost. It it's is lost. not Lost. It's not Lost. I disagree with you on Lost. There's no uh, cannibalism I'll say on it. There is no cannibalism in Lost. There is no okay so without the cannibalism part but it's lost i mean essentially what this show is is it's lost but it's also like it come on there's a lot more than just lost here you have like lost never did the flashback stuff like this they did the flashbacks to like this was my backstory and this one it's like fluidly moving between two timelines much like in it i know because they got better and learn from Lost's mistake. I mean, this is like Lost. So it's a wildly talented high school girl soccer team. Uh, they end up surviving a plane crash in the wilderness on the way to like nationals. You know, they're they're from New Jersey, which, you know, right off the bat, like you get, I'm going to grade you on a curve a little bit because the people who run this show actually get Jersey very right. Unlike and, Chucky. Unlike uh, the Chucky people. Unlike the Chucky people. Like, how did you go into Teterboro? But I digress. But, um, yeah, so it takes place in the future time, but they flash back constantly to the past where uh, these girls and one of their coaches have to survive in the wilderness where food is getting scant and, like, there's a lot of weird interpersonal issues going on and maybe something sinister and supernatural lurking in the forest uh, as well as... You know, I mean, this is not a spoiler. In the first, like, 20 seconds, you see that they, at a certain point, have devolved into becoming cannibals. And they've they've split off into weird tribes. Uh, It is very much Lord of the Flies. It is very much lost. It's very much um, a survival horror. But also wrapped up in a story where, like, you know, you have people dealing with, like, now decades-old trauma. And you have people dealing with, like, trying to have done the things that they've done and keep that what they've done a secret because it's not like in Lost where it's like, oh, well, yeah, we just got stuck on this thing. Like, you know, maybe people died, but we definitely didn't eat anybody to like, yeah, we can't let you know that we actually ate other people. Yeah, it is um, insane. It is gory. Uh, Just in the first episode, you see a girl take a compound fracture on the leg uh, during soccer practice. They get like, look, I'm watching it in the first, the first five minutes is basically Game of Thrones, episode one, season one, where the girl's running through the fucking wilderness and gets runs into the whites. That was straight up taken from the first five minutes of Game of Thrones, which I loved. And uh, got major, major vibes off that. But then it turns into like, I'm like, oh, once again, 
John McGuire is straddling me with another YA teen flick. Uh, YA teen flick this time. Because <laughs> this, this one, time. this one at least transitions pretty quickly. And look, we got Juliette Lewis. You have Christina Ricci. You have such great actresses in this. And and I love. Uh, unlike it, I enjoy both sides of the story. I think the young actresses do just a good job. It, it it's a little harder for me sometimes. I took a, um, I had to watch it a second time just because I had a rough time trying to figure out who is who. Uh, yeah, me it, too. It took like six episodes. Yeah, that that um, I mean, I'm always bad at that. But you know, some people look just like their counterpart. Like Christina Ricci looks just like young Christina Ricci, uh, and some of the other characters similar. But like Juliette Lewis does not really look like her young part. I'm like, oh, she's the punk rocker. She actually has completely different hair color in the future. So that really throws me off. Yeah, but uh, love it. I love. I love the way the story unfolds. Um, Going to rewatching it now with Allison, and it is dark and it is twisted. And uh, you see a very, uh, you know, there's a uh, very angry young boy in there who, like, I'm just like, oh, thank God you're not my child. You are a bad, bad kid. But that's where the darkness comes in. There's one scene where they're like, I see the man with the no eyes, and they just like cut to shit in the fucking mirror, and I'm like. Wow, that's terrifying. And this is an awesome show that's right up my alley. So I do thank you for uh, for for sharing this with me. I, I found a lot of people on the internet, including our buddy Viper, actually bought or signed up for Showtime just for the new Dexter series and ended up watching Yellow Jackets. And I seem that seems to be happening a lot. They're like, what else do we watch? Uh, Dexter's over. Let's watch Yellow Jackets. Well, for me, I mean, I wanted to see this show, and I heard a lot of people talk about it, a lot of chatter about it on the internets, and so I was like, hmm, I gotta get Showtime. I was like, oh, I don't want to get Showtime. So I was on Amazon, and I was like, well, I wonder like how much the episodes are versus like getting Showtime. And Showtime is like right now, be like, hey, you can get Showtime through Amazon for a dollar for three months, cancel any time. And I was like, I buy that for a dollar. And so I spent a dollar to watch Yellow Jackets. It was awesome. Yeah, Showtime. I I, I didn't even know. I, I have Showtime with my FiOS package. I have no idea if I've ever seen it other than the Dexter episodes. Uh, Showtime. The, I, I watch Showtime for the rock documentaries. They've always done great rock documentaries. That's my favorite thing about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely ones on there I want to check out because now I've paid a dollar to watch Showtime. I will say that, like, you know, you get a lot of shows that come through and all the cream rises to the top, which is HBO, HBO Max. But this is something that really does set itself apart from the pack of these, you know, pay cable channel shows because there, there really is something cool going on here. There's a good vibe going on. It's a solid mystery, solid balancing between, like, is it supernatural? Is it not supernatural? And how it unfolds throughout uh, ends, I think, incredibly strong for a first season. It's only 10 episodes, so spend a dollar, get Showtime, watch Yellow Jackets. That's my review. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. I loved it. It is dark. It is dark. You have a darkness trigger. This is uh, this is not feel good. This is not feel good television. This is right up my alley, and uh, it does have a plot that unfolds, so it's a little bit of a whodunit, but it's also just like... You know, these are this is a high school varsity soccer team, girls soccer team, crashing in the wilderness and just going feral, going feral. I think that's the best way to describe the show. If you if you like to watch a show about uh, teenage girls going feral, this is for you. <laughs> oh man, uh, Allison, Allison, however, used my joke though. She did use my joke, and I'm like, well, what's this about? I go, it's some like uh, Jay, it's a varsity girls soccer team getting uh, lost in the in in a tropical island maybe or like frozen island i don't know and this was before i'd gone through all of it and i'm just like this is and it's like you know across between alive and 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 lost and and lord of the rings and she's like oh shoot it's a girls varsity soccer team i go yes she's like i mean 
if they don't have dick and chocolate, like they're just going to, they're doomed. And I'm like, that's my joke, honey. That is my joke. I mean, you know, your and, wife listens to the show and, 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 and so right. So right about that. Uh, but this show, this show was good. Um, and again, I'm I mean, glad they, to see Julia Lewis back in full gear. Yeah. And they were more doomed, I think, because they ran out of food and it was winter. But, you know, I've heard it both ways. You know, I, you say it, you call it. I, I just I just give the honest opinion. I am the color commentator here. You are the smart one in the booth. Uh, I went to uh, my first indoor concert this week, uh, last week. I saw the Meteors. I've made it a uh, purpose right now that post-COVID or whatever we're calling this world now, the new normal, I will go see bands I've never seen before. Like, that's priority. I don't need to see bad religion for a while. I want to go see... Things I just don't have a chance to get. Uh, high on my bucket list right now is I want to take Gabe. Once he's vaccinated, I want to take him to go see um, uh, Danny Elfman do Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, he'll lose it, dude. He'll have be so psyched you, for that. Have you seen what he does? He, um, yeah, he gets in clips. He gets the whole cast together, and they do the whole entire movie. Like They have it playing in the background. He gets everyone, with the exception of sometimes he'll switch out um, – He'll switch out. Uh, what's her name from uh, from uh, Help Me Here? The lady who is Sally, who is also in that show that you made me watch about the family who loses all their money and they go into that town in Pennsylvania. Come you on, you mean Shit's Creek? Shit's Creek, yes. The lady in that. What's her name? Help me here. <laughs> Maureen O'Hara. Yes, yes. She is sometimes played by Billie Eilish, and sometimes they switch out. Paul Rubens with Weird Al, but for the most part, he gets the original cast and they get up there and they do the fucking thing with the full orchestra and it is incredible. And I didn't know this was a thing, but as soon as I can, I will travel anywhere to go see this. So uh, that is on my list. The other thing that I discovered that doesn't require safety measures or my kid being vaccinated is I found that there is a Cartoon Network hotel in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Did you know that? I didn't even know that they were going into the hotel business, you know? I just like, it. you're like, there's a Cartoon Network hotel. And I'm like, yeah, probably at like whatever, like theme park, right? Pennsylvania? What? Dude, I was on, I look, I am, I will admit my obsession has gotten deep. I am on the Adventure Time Reddit, uh, usually looking for some new original art from people, maybe some tattoo ideas. And someone posted the photo of the front of the building of the hotel. And it is a giant two-story Jake with Finn climbing or sliding down him. And I'm like, wait, so this is old. Like, this is from like 10 years ago. And I'm like, no, this place opened up like in 2019, 2018. This is the official Comedy Central Cartoon Network uh, hotel. It is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It is a restored old motel like a fucking like it is like a side of the road it is like the the carney motel that i pointed out last time for to you like it's one of those it's it's an old school motel and they went in and they gutted it they turned into a 109 room themed cartoon network hotel and in it there are suites for the powerpuff girls adventure time uh we bear bears everybody and i am going i'm thinking maybe even for valentine's day renting out the suite and going up there for three days because it's got like an indoor pool. It's got everything. It's got a full store of just Adventure Time merch and toys that they don't sell anywhere else. And I am ready. I, I am not going to tell Gabe. 
I'm going to get the Adventure Time suite, and I'm going to just see his reaction when we roll up in front of this place. Just, just, put, the, just put the camera on and pull up. I am. I just want you to know that if you think you have not done anything great in your life, if you're ever feeling down, if you're ever feeling upset about anything, John, know that you gave the gift of, of Adventure Time to my son. Who you're welcome, buddy. watches it every single day. Every single day pretends he's Finn. And that I it, can't believe... That this exists. I mean, when you so you said like when you said it was like 2019, it came out. I, it makes sense that no one really heard about it because right as it came out, we yeah. couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So uh, it looks it looks pretty good. I mean, it's a two star motel. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. But it looks like they did a really good job cleaning it up. And you know, it is the, the food I hear is really really good. You would love it. There's a uh, there's uh, bacon, and they do the make and bake and bacon, 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 and they have it with rosemary. Uh, the pan- oh, pancakes, the bacon pancake, yep. bacon, bacon, bacon pancakes. pancakes. That's on the menu. It's like the whole, like, they have little wee bear, bear, bear snacks. Like, I am so excited to go. So I just got to book that. I figure that'd be a good cold weather thing while it's not too crazy out there. Yeah, absolutely. Quick sidebar. A lot of times when a hotel gets a lower rating like that, like a two-star hotel, it's not because the hotel's yeah. not quality. It's because they lack certain amenities. Yes. Like, yo, if the hotel doesn't have a pool or, you know, if the hotel doesn't have, like, you know, a restaurant or a bar inside of it. But this place probably is a two-star hotel because the sole focus is people hanging out there with children. Yeah, and, it, and to be clear, it's a motel. Like it is, They call it a hotel. It is a motel. You go into one place to get your key to go to an outdoor building. The indoor pool is an outdoor building you have to go to. So all that probably, like motels don't rank as three or four-star hotels. Never, yeah. And, and that's just the case here. But I went for the reviews, and the reviews are almost, it's like a thousand, thousand four and a half star reviews so that's what i'm going on more than the star ranking because yes i do usually go that when i go vacation like resorts and shit like that i'll pay attention to like what level you know does it have a spa for allison does it have this does it have that in this case all i just want to do is have him go in and 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 spend three days just immersed in in finn and jake and ice king and and princess bubblegum so that is on my list i can't wait to review that for this show uh, but right now, I'm going to do a quick, quick review of uh, The Meteors. I have never seen The Meteors. As I just said, I'm looking at bands I've never seen before. In the case of The Meteors, they don't come to the States too often. Uh, they do go to the West Coast. They'll do that that Rockabilly Tattoo Festival, uh, either Viva Las Vegas or the one that was in the Queen Mary back when the Queen Mary was still around. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in general, they don't come to the East Coast much. If they do, it's usually I don't hear about it until after the fact because it's just not a big deal. And, in you know, a couple months ago, Josh was like, hey, uh, QXTs is going to have the meteors. I go, that's impossible. That's like a Guido Dance Club in, in Newark. And he's like, no, that's where they're playing. So I bought tickets. And I waited, and then things got bad again. George. What? What did I do now? It's not a Guido dance club. It's a goth club. We it's talked a goth about, dance we club. Ta- wait, it is? It's a, George. Wait, does that explain why they have the castle walls? No, no. Do not give me crap about that. Jo- Jonathan Levine told me I can use that word. But I think you're referring to my, like, putting no, down emo goth No, I'm just talking about, clubs. like, how did you not know it was a goth bar? I did not know. I've never heard of this club before. I've never you, you've heard You've never of been to QXTs? No, why would I go there? Is it the oh, pi- I guess, yeah. Like, but I like, have no interest in going there. It, I, it had, like, a disco ball. It, but that explains why it has, like, a castle wall interior. Have you yeah. been there before? 
Yeah, there's a dungeon downstairs where there's another DJ. Yeah, no, like that was the goth bar. Like when back in the day when you used to go to like Looper Connections, if you want to go like dancing, uh, you would go down to Newark because we always kind of knew the bartenders there too. Like back in the day, so it was like you go down there and you'd be like, our friends would be DJing. There'd be always tons of girls there, and like you know, you just like get banged up and dance. And like it was in Newark, and it was always like very kind of a sketchy place to go to until they put the Prudential yes. Center up and there's a Whole Foods and now it's like totally like, oh no, yeah, you just go, it, uh, go to QXT's, park your car, don't worry about it. I didn't feel weird at all parking my car because I was surrounded by cars that were worth more than mine, so I just like pulled in and I'm like, fine. Uh, I So I, I've never been there before, but I've heard, seen the ads, I heard the ads on the radio. I know I've heard radio ads for this place. Uh, but I go inside and the there, there's another band on who I've seen before, I'm blanking on their name right now, and they're, they're fine. And I immediately, look, I haven't pulled out a professional camera in almost two years, if not yeah. two years, but like I haven't shot a concert. Um, you know, I retired from wedding photography in 2018 thinking that I could just go into, uh, just do rock and roll photography again, just for fun. And I did it for a year and then COVID happened and I, I put away my camera gear. I have way too much camera gear and I'm just like, I, I'm not going to use it. Gabe doesn't sit still. I usually shoot my best photos of him. on my, my fucking iPhone 13 pro is a better camera than like some of this stuff. So, I brought my camera gear. I'm like, this place cannot have an issue with me taking photos. So I go in, no problem. I'm taking photos of the opening band, and the like. they're fine with it. They're posing, whatever. There's like 10 people in the club. This place is like, to get in, to get in, I had to do a, a ray tracing or the, I've never had this before. We basically had to go and you had to use your phone to log into a government account. And then like basically you sign in and say who you are, where you are, where you're going. And then basically you say you don't have COVID. And what I believe happens is if you do have COVID and you put in your system, it'll tell the club that you had COVID and you were at that show. Yeah, that's that, awesome. That is crazy. So, you know, masks were mandatory. I, this was probably the safest I could feel. There was like 10 people there. And uh, after the opening band gets off stage, the the owner, I believe, this like, I don't know, maybe Italian or Hispanic gentleman comes up to me in an accent. And he's like, sir, I just want you to know that the uh, the meteors have requested that you do not photograph them. And I'm like, this is QXTs. Like, you're telling me to put away <laughs> my camera? Like, it's the meteors. Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. You're not going to let me photograph them. Like, look, not my rules. It's the meteors. I, it's in their rider. Like, you can't take photos of them. So I'm like, all right, this is strange, but fine. I'll, I'll put my camera away. And then, you know, the plan is usually wait till the last song. Shoot a whole bunch of songs right out the side door. And I, but I'm like, why? This is so strange. So the meteors come. Uh, anyone who doesn't know, the Meteors are a very, very famous Cycle Billy band from the early 80s. They've been around forever. The only original members, the lead singer, Paul Paul Fennick. And they are, um, you know, they, they're they just legendary. His voice is legendary. Uh, they are, you know, basically created the modern Cycle Billy sound, except they don't have an upright bass player. They have a, an electric bass player, which is always a little strange, but whatever. It's it's a great sound. They have some great songs. And they, uh, they get on stage, and there's three of them. They are in, like... Literally, it's like their guitars into like Fender Hot Rod DeVille's and like a small PV like bass amp. Like it was like, and the drummer is a stand up drummer with like, you know, like a snare and a, uh, and a bass and like one tom and a cymbal. So, like, very minimal. 
just the sound quality in this place is horrible. And you could tell the band was getting annoyed too, because the sound was, you the lead singer just kept complaining the whole time, like about like how bad the sound was. So I'm just trying to enjoy myself. I got my earplugs in, but I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this show. I will not take photos, but I'm like, I can take photos of my, my phone, right? Like that's normal. This isn't fucking the dancing, the misfits in like the Prudential center next door. Uh, I, do not pull out my phone first. So a bunch of other ladies do. And some other guy pulls out the phone, starts, you know, doing Instagram photos, this and that. There is this fucking six foot four giant jack, like Hispanic dude with their, like his, like he was wearing the same biker colors that the lead singer was wearing. And he was just standing in the back with a flashlight watching the crowd. The moment someone fired up a phone, he flashlighted them. What? The moment they kept recording, he jumped in the crowd and told them to t- put that put their phone away. Holy shit. Yep. Yep. It was Fuck that guy. Fucking insane. There was a point where he jumped off stage and chased after some guy. There it's I mean, I got to be dead serious. There was maybe 40 people in the room for the meteors. Maybe another 10 in the back bar. There's maybe 50 people. This place holds at least like 2 300 people upstairs. And it was just like the balls on these guys. I'm texting our friend Carlos, who went and saw him there in Brooklyn. He had taken some video footage, but he had taken it from further back in the club, probably where it was darker and the guy couldn't see him. But he did mention that he had some weird security guys. So they're, they're playing their set. I'm like, I'm going to have my Nikon and my big ass fucking gun on my side and I'm going to wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand in front of the the house security guard with this huge black dude like who like clearly does not give a shit about cameras. He gives a shit about the crowd like moshing or whatever. Sure not I'm going gonna... to stand kind of in front of him to block the security guy for the meteors. And that's what happened. They did Wrecking Crew and and the place blows like uh, the t- five people in the front blow up. So the real security, everybody's like looking at them and I start shooting some photos of the band and uh, getting ready to run out the door if this guy sees me. And then the show ends i just hear the lead singer go no encore no fucking encore we're getting out of here and the security guard for the band uh, like whisks him out a side door never to be seen again and then then some girl on the front's like can i please have one of the set lists and the bass player who's clearly a hired gun has to carefully peel off the tape he's like no i cannot give this to you we keep our set list and like flies out the side door too what in the actual fuck? Yeah, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It that was sounds so, terrible. It was so so bad. I'm like, I'm like, I risked my life for this. Uh, it would look. They were good. They were fine. They did Red Riding Hood. They did Wrecking. They did all the fun stuff. I, they've done a. They release like an album every year. They're one of those bands. But yeah, I, but I'm like, happy I saw it. But it was so like. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine like the and like Paul's old like he's an old dude and like. Like it is what it is. Maybe he doesn't want to have photos. I don't understand. It's not you're not the fucking misfits. Like the sound was horrible, but like again, like I don't see how that had. I mean, anything. what a jerked off way to be. Like you know, I get it. You, you you know, people feel like in life that that you owe them something, and maybe like I could see some people get like a chip on their shoulder about it, and like, but at the end of the day, like these are your fans. Like just don't be a complete asshole to your fans. I'm like, like have, we can't give you a set list. We keep them. Dude, it is like a Xerox piece of paper. Maybe you wrote on it in black Sharpie. Dude, give the person who like 
risk getting COVID to come see you a fucking set list. Yeah, it was so let the kids have like a fucking your phone. You're you're stopping people from photographing them with their phone. I'm like, the lighting sucks in this place. Like, yeah, it just, I mean, the place is a goth club. So if you're going to see like an electronic band there and I've seen electronic bands play there it sounds awesome, but it's not made for rock and roll bands like it's funny that they're like doing rock and roll bands now but it really is not the way the place is the way the place is built the way the place the stage or everything's set up like if it's like an electrical band where it's just like a singer and then like a keyboard or like a direct box awesome but if there's like an actual band it is not made for live music like that it was it was one of the strangest things i've seen i i I, again i'm not complete look if you don't want to be photographed i get it i mean like at the end of the day it's not like i'm being paid to do this i'm just doing it for fun so i I get that i get the pro gear thing even though it does still boggle my mind because i could be a reporter or someone for the star ledger or something like you know if you're pulling out a five thousand dollar camera there might be a benefit of the doubt but no these guys were like and i knew when the owner of the place was like i, I this is not me this is the meteors please put away your camera they cannot be seen I'm oh like, i feel terrible for the owner because you know that like they got there and if that's the way they treated their fans i could only imagine the way that they treated the people at the venue and that had to be a, like a moment where the guy is probably genuinely excited to book the meteors and then they get there and he's like fuck, I regret everything about the decision that I made. Because honestly, if that's the way that they treat their fans, I can't imagine that they're nice to people in the service The industry. rider. I would love to see the rider for that, for the fucking meteors. So anyway, that's the meteors. Again, I'm not actually giving them a bad review. The show was fine. The sound was could have been a lot better. But again, the band was acknowledging the sound was bad, so I don't think that's on the band. I heard the show in New York was really good. Uh, but do not uh, bring your camera and do not try to uh, photograph or videotape uh, people authentic because you might get uh, you might get accosted by this very very intimidating security guard. Uh, just when he whisked him away, literally whisked him away. It's like you imagine like a celebrity being whisked out the side door. It's like, God. dude, fucking Jay Bentley would have been jumping into the crowd to just talk for hours afterwards, or like a Toby Morris or someone like people from our generation who like really appreciate the fans and like you know it's fucking nuts don't leave the set list behind my fucking god i can't even man i fucking can't even like it's just like when they get like the birch hills nightclub bouncers there because that's what that dude sounded like that dude sounded like hell on wheels yeah but the security that was probably a former peacekeeper uh was seemed like again the security guards at the place just were want to see nobody get hurt and and it's seriously if we're talking moshing we're talking kids bouncing off each other this was not these I were mean, mostly 40 year old men and like 20 year old girl, like, like rockabilly girls who are former goth girls. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's, yeah, I mean, dude, Q's a, Q's is a fine place. They've been in business for a long time. You know, they've been making money for years for a reason. And like, honestly, some of the most fun I've had dancing at clubs in New Jersey was at Q's. Uh, it's just so funny that like, and like, God, I, and I, you know, you know that the people there are just like, God, I just wanted to have a good time. And, and I brought this band in that people love. And now I get, I'm getting treated like a jerk. Uh, I uh, So the next one I'm going to see, I believe, is in March, which will be the uh, two years in the making. They might be giants show uh, for Flood. So I'm excited to see that when it hopefully happens. Maybe it'll happen. We'll see if it happens. And then I think in May, uh, our buddy George and Jen want to go see Reverend Horn Heated Coffin Cats at the at the new Asbury Lanes, which I've never actually been to before. So I'm kind of excited to go see a show there. Oh, it's good. I mean, it sounds great. It yeah. sounds great. And if you can like, 
let go of the fact that it looks nothing like it used to, then you're going to be fine. The food there is awesome. Like the bartenders are great there. Like everyone, it's a, it's a fantastic place to see a show. It'll be, I, I'm very excited to see the coffin cats play the Asbury lanes again. Cause they were there every tour. They would always swing by there. So even though again, different place, but still very, very happy to see the bands that I grew up on, you know, or I discovered at the Asbury lanes there. When, when are they playing there? Uh, it's in May. It's at some point in May. Uh, yeah, cool. But, Maybe I'll swing out too. You know, it'll be funny to see Reverend Horn. He, who, by the way, I believe was the last band to stop playing during COVID. If they ever did, that was their gimmick. They were just like, fuck it. We're, we, we refuse to stop playing. We don't believe this is a real disease. Not saying I agree with them, but I did find it funny that they were the band that decided to be the one who were going to die on that hill. Like, we are not going to stop playing. We will keep playing until every state bars us from playing. I'll be honest with you. If there's a, a a man that I think will go down and maybe die on stage, it's Reverend Horton Heat. Yes. So I'm not, and that's not a slight. That is not a knock. That's just like this man is the living embodiment of rock and roll. If you have not seen the Reverend Horton Heat, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Like uh, I've seen the Reverend Horton Heat like a bunch of times, and like whether you're even like a fan of the music or not you're going to hear them play and be like, this is a really great band. It's just, it's something you will be glad that you saw when you did. I mean, maybe not during the COVID tour, but like, you know, but I, I, I think, I, yeah, may, I, I mean, let's see, let's see where we're at in May. I might dip down with you. He was the first, he was the first one, like before there was the anti-vaxxers and the anti-COVIDers and the COVID display. He was the first one who was like, nope, nope, I'm not fucking, I'm not quarantining, I'm not going under, we will not stop playing, we will find that hole in the ground. And then eventually we stopped hearing about it, so I think they eventually had to, they eventually stopped, though I, I'll probably be eating my words on that. He is the type who probably never stopped playing. Uh, I can't believe I just went 18 minutes talking about a meteor show. That's uh, fine, we man. saw We saw Eternals. Uh, Eternals dropped on Disney+. Plus. I'm very glad I waited to see this in my home. I uh, Eternals is a... Is is look if you're a Marvel fan and you've I am a huge Marvel fan and you've been watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the beginning, uh, even if you're a comic book person like me, the Eternals weren't a thing during my generation. Uh, this might be a very different movie for you. Uh, this is definitely not your superheroes in the vein of Spider-Man's and Captain America's and Batman's and Superman's. This is a uh, a completely different type of story uh, that is going to obviously be setting up something bigger down the line. But this movie asked for you in two and a half hours to get fully invested in a lot of characters, a lot of different characters forming their own super team that most people don't know anything about. And that is a tall order. And that I believe is the biggest challenge this movie faced and what probably hurt it the most. I enjoyed this movie to an extent, the holes in this movie, if you compare it to other uh, stories in the Marvel universe, uh, were glaring and again, if you don't immediately connect with the characters, because you don't know who they are really, like you have no real history with them. Uh, the Eternals was a comic book in the fucking 70s and then they brought it back again recently. Then, then this is challenging. And, and, and this is a story of a whole bunch of uh, near God level uh, protectors that were say, sent to uh, different planets to protect these true gods who live inside planets from emerging because that's how they're born. It is a very convoluted story. And uh, if you know the story of the Celestials, you understand this. If you don't, these are the protectors of gods. And then there's other protectors of gods that kind of went the wrong way. And they're like, oh, shit, we made a mistake doing these fucking mean monster protectors. We're going to now send humanish connector. Con 
protectors. And it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of convoluted. They do a decent job telling the story. It's just, again, what I said before, if you have no connection to these people, they're asking you to get invested in a lot of characters very quickly. In the first two thirds of this movie, it was basically a, a heist get together film where you just see a bunch of people trying to find other supers you don't know and be like, you son of a bitch. I'm in. You're right. Am I right? That's, I mean, that's essentially right. And so my biggest problem with this movie, and I will let you talk, I promise. My biggest problem with it was that they reference things like they try to gloss over things like, where were you guys when Thanos was fucking raking havoc during Endgame? They're like, we do not get interfere in the in what other with what the normal people do. But the fact is, if half the Earth's fucking population disappears, that's less fucking or like power or whatever the fucking celestial that's living in the fucking center earth can can pull from you bet your ass that that god guy would probably be like hey what the fuck's going on down there yeah i mean it's like it's a lot i think the eternals a was lot. a big ass it's a lot however it was necessary to build out the next phase of marvel but to like what to what like so i i, I don't want to spoil anything but we did save this last like you know they they, they squandered through a whole film john snow i'm gonna call him john snow because that's why i call him uh and then he's like a big reveal kind of at the end we're not gonna say who this is but like does anyone like if you do not know the nitty-gritty on who he reveals like as a person who is not a fan of the Marvel comic verse, would you know what the fuck the reveals are at the end? Oh, no. I mean, you. this is a deep cut. That's why it was a very big ass, because a lot of it from start to finish was a deep cut. However, this is going to pay off in the long run, and it, just, it needed to happen. It's the Iron Man 2 of phase four of this Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, like, I, I'll tell you, it's it's enjoyable because everyone's acting is great. The effects look great. It's a Marvel movie, but it is, especially when you have not a single person that you've seen before in the Marvel Universe or anyone even on the B list, it's a huge, huge ask. So um, watch it home. It's great. Real quick, I, I dipped out for a second at uh, the first part of the Eternals chat. So Reverend Horton, he uh, played through April. And then when when you couldn't do shows anymore, he did virtual shows, him and his bass player, uh, all summer long to bring in revenue and then started doing shows again uh, September 2020. So You dipped out of the show and didn't tell me you dipped out of the show? No, I, I was on the Google. I was listening oh, to you, but I was also oh, on the Google. Oh, I, thought I, you went I dipped like out of the first part of the conversation because I was like, man, I feel like he played all last year. I heard about him playing all or two years ago now. I don't even fucking know. What, what is time I thought you dipped out to like take a shit or something. I've done no, that I would have let you show. know. I would have been like, you need to pause this. But yeah, no, Reverend Horton Heat, man, he got smart. He got, he's like, he reconnected with a bunch of old fans doing it digitally because he couldn't do it on the road. I, uh, hey, more power to him. I, so we were talking Eternals. Let's go back to the Eternals. The you, Everything you said is right on. This movie is beautiful shot. It, it's well done. It is you know who would love this movie? DC fans. Cause like my whole argument on DC and why I hate the DC universe is on the other than Batman and a few others, every fucking super in DC is a God. Like these are people who like nothing can hurt them. They live forever. They're fucking have gills. Like it is just like, these are gods trying to be humans. Whereas the Marvel universe is humans who have powers who are just trying to be humans. And like, I feel like there's definitely more. I can relate way more to Spider-Man than I can relate to Superman or Aquaman or Wonder Woman or any of those people. And that that's what I, and, and, and that's the challenge with this shit movie is that 
these are gods. These are near god people, even though they might. There's a weird twist that I won't ex- reveal, but that threw me off a little They're bit. Like too. demigods. They, yeah, who might not be either. But regardless, that it's it is what it is. There, it's very hard to relate to them. The acting is really good. This is like Angelina Jolie's best. This is some of her best performance. She like really like did like worked here. She worked way more than Scarlett Johansson worked on like any of those earlier Avengers movies. She she did not phone it in. Nobody really like it, you really care about everybody. The effects are great. Um, it's a little bit on the dark side. They tend to do a lot of stuff at night, but for the most part, it's an awesome movie. But it is long. It is like two and a half hours long. It's and- two hours and thirty seven minutes, dude. And it is, and it is, you know, again, it's like you're watching this, you're like, if you went in expecting a Marvel movie, and like, it's not even like the Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like the Guardians of the Galaxy at least had a fucking talking raccoon and a talking plant. That's and, what I'm and talking Batista. about. There was at least a gimmick to hook you. There is nothing here to hook you. And there's like nine of them. There's like a million of these fucking Eternals. So you have to like get backstories on every single one. That's what makes it drag on forever. I'll tell you the truth. There's so many of them that... I had actually forgotten about some of them until they appear later in the story because it really it does focus. It really does focus on like three to five of them specifically. But then out of nowhere, like they go to this one spot. You're like, oh, that's that's where that person went. Like they just ran off screen like an hour ago. And here they are. So, look, it, it's on Disney Plus right now. It's free on Disney Plus. I recommend you check it out. If you want to follow along on what's going on in the other Marvel movies, this is the one to watch. This, as I think we've discussed, does not have an effect on Shang-Chi or Spider-Man, which is, I believe, why they waited till after Spider-Man to release this on demand, uh, whereas Spider-Man, they're kind of like fast-tracking it a little bit to get out because I think that needs to come out before, obviously, before Doctor Strange does. I heard that the first movie this might actually intertwine with is Black... Uh, Black Panther, I, I do not know that. I feel like Doctor Strange might tie in with this, but we'll see. I, I don't know how this sets up much unless we're going to Secret Wars after the multiverse. I, I don't know. Again, this is really out there. It, it's sitting on its own legend. I think that's why it didn't do well in the movies because it's hard to explain. It came after Shang-Chi, which did like insane money, and before Spider-Man, which did all the money. And and he just kind of sat there and languished. And it's also got the, one of the worst reviews for Rotten Tomatoes, which I disagree with. I think those reviewers were more uh, seeing it from holistically from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yes, in that case, not the best movie. But again, if you go in knowing that, I think you will enjoy it. And again, if you want to, you kind of have to watch it to figure out what the hell's going to happen in some other movies. So it's there. It's the book you have to read to get through it. And uh, I just want to let you know that I think... There are writers on Saturday Night Live who listen to this show and uh, and and take their writing from us. Do you how want to so, know why? How so? This week's episode of what time is it? Okay, I got like three minutes. This week's episode of Saturday Night Live opens with Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden giving he is uh, giving a speech and basically he comes up with this great idea that. The only reason why COVID is spreading right now, the way it's spreading, the only reason why Omicron is a thing and why people are dying is because of Spider-Man. And if people would just stop going to see Spider-Man, there'd be no more COVID. That would be it. It would be over. But Spider-Man has literally single-handedly caused everything to happen. And I just – it's not a good segment. Saturday Live is terrible. But like – I, I, it was exactly what you said last week or the week before. I remember it was one of the weeks you were like, nope, Spider-Man is the super spreader event. It, it, they actually wrote it out. And it's like a 20-minute joke they try to do out of it. But uh, yes, yes, from the words of uh, Joe Biden, Saturday Night Live, uh, 
Spider-Man is the super spreader <laughs> to end all super spreader events. I mean, uh, I, I stand by that. He's like, he, they're like, well, did you go to see any movies? You go, I didn't say don't go see any movie. I said don't go see Spider-Man. <laughs> like, you could go definitely go see another movie because there will be no one in there because everyone's at Spider-Man. Because, you know, every person in this country has now seen Spider-Man twice. So by that count, everyone had got COVID from Spider-Man. I haven't seen Spider-Man. And I, I guess that's why maybe I didn't get COVID. I, I, you know what? So bite your tongue. I didn't get it either. So... <laughs> but anyway uh how can the kids reach you <laughs> you can find me on the twitter and on instagram at john mcguire rpg i'm posting about stuff more because i have stuff to promote you can also pick up my adventure 321 action presents rocket to russia at exalted funeral now george where can the people find you people can reach me at glk creative on twitter and on instagram hopefully by the time this airs all our 5g will have launched i'll be in a much nicer uh i'll be a nicer move all the time so we'll see Huzzah. But uh, what else? Uh, cultofgeorge.com, that's my blog. George Talks Tech is my weird thing I do on the internet sometimes. You can find me and let me know what you think. Uh, uh, MyTieTV.com, our entire back catalog, our archive, even the old video footage of us, which people still dredge up and show me. And it's like, I got a nice letter from Jonathan Levine yesterday saying how much he misses us. Aww, that's why that I thought guy. of him. He literally was like, I watched the entire episode. And I miss you guys. Uh, so big props to Jonathan Levine. Thank you so much. We miss you too. And uh, rate, review, and subscribe. That's it. Take us out. Everybody remember, be nice. Get your booster if you haven't yet. Get vaccinated if you haven't gotten the booster yet because you haven't been vaccinated yet. Wear a mask, socially distanced. Go live your lives. Be nice to yourself. Aloha. Aloha.